0: And this morning we're looking at this idea of hospitality and what the Bible tells us about being hospitable to one another. And you know, as I thought about that these last few weeks, and as I think about this theme of hospitality My mind turned to a family in a church, uh, a previous church where we served, and and every weekend this family would make extra food for Sunday dinner, and before they went to church on Sunday morning, they would set extra places around the table. So the church, they could invite uh, some of the people who were new that day or who had been coming to the church more recently, they could invite them home, have dinner with them, get to know them, help them feel accepted and cared about. And if they didn't have time to cook a meal that Sunday, they would then take those folks home, uh, out to a restaurant and uh, they would uh, pay for their lunch and share a meal with them and get to know them that way. As I think about hospitality, I also think about another family who I know that that has an extra bedroom and a bathroom attached to their home, and and people who need a place to stay for the short short term are always uh, welcome to stay there. And you can bet that those folks who stay in that home uh, feel accepted, cared for, loved on. Hospitality, hospitality. In the scriptures, we see God's people encouraged to extend hospitality to two groups of people. The first is to one another, to the church family. If you're filling in the blanks, put in that word family. As the Bible calls us to show hospitality to those in our church family. In 1 Peter 4, verses 8 through 9, the Bible says, Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers a multitude of sins. And then Peter writes, Offer hospitality to one another, without grumbling. And in Romans 12, 13, the Bible says, share with the Lord's people who are in need practice hospitality. Now, in both uh, first Peter chapter four and Romans 12, the Bible is speaking here when it talks about hospitality, it's speaking about relationships that go on between brothers and sisters in Christ. A- and back then, uh, showing hospitality in the life of god 's people, the church was so vital because you see the words that Peter is writing in this letter to the church that we call first peter it, it, those are, are words being written to a Christian community that is seeking to survive in the face of persecution, and so a loving Christian community was so helpful to Christians who who were trying to cope with the unbelief of people in the world around them. And and as a result of that unbelief, then the opposition to the gospel and the opposition to Christians, it oftentimes resulted. And so both Peter and Paul are saying that That the Christian community, a loving Christian community, is so important as as hospitality strengthens one another in in our faith. When when we're encouraged by others who are hospitable to us, those around us who are our brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, it, it helps us sustain our faith. It helps us cope with what goes on in the world around us. And in verse 8 of 1 Peter 4, Peter talks about how we are called to to love each other deeply. And then he's saying that this hospitality is a, a specific example of loving one another. It flows out of our love for each other in the body of Christ. You see, by, by receiving others into our homes and our church buildings, by, by making them feel welcome, by, by helping to uh, meet their needs and providing for them a place of, of fellowship and, and acceptance, it, it helps all of us stay strong in our faith, doesn't it? It's an encouragement to us to keep walking in our Christian life with Jesus and with one another. And of course, knowing that we, even as Christians, are not always filled with the milk of human kindness and compassion, the apostle Peter adds these words without grumbling, right? He says, do it willingly, do it cheerfully. Now, in that day uh, that Peter wrote this, many in the early church were victims of persecution. And at times, people who are Christians were put in jail. And and, and oftentimes, the person who was put in jail was was the breadwinner of the family and, and and, and so that family needed, didn't they, the, the hospitality of brothers and sisters in Christ. Likewise, some in the uh, church family were widowed or or became orphans. And back then there was no government assistance to help those who were truly needy. And so hospitality in the life of the church meant receiving people into one's home, receiving fellow Christians into your home for a time, people who were in distress and who, who needed help on a temporary basis to provide for their physical and material needs. And it meant at times helping people out with a meal when that was needed. And there are several examples of this kind of hospitality that goes on in the, uh, in the New Testament. Now, now, even though conditions in our country today are somewhat different than they were in Peter's day when when he was writing to the church, there's still a need for hospitality among Christians, isn't there? I I mean, fellow believers at times suffer from natural disasters. We've had at times in our community a house fire that that takes away what what people need for for daily life. We have in the life of our church people who are widows or widowers who, who at times simply need help to get along in life. Some families need help for one reason or another, maybe because of unemployment, maybe because of something else that's going on in their lives. And of course, and there are always Christians who would simply be encouraged and feel loved on and accepted and ministered to when, when another believer in the life of the church uh, invites them into their home for a meal. And so you see today, just as in the early church, that the need to show hospitality is very real. And, and, and this, these, these words encouraging us to do this don't just apply to those who are well off or who are well supplied. But but every Christian is encouraged to, to practice this in our life and faith. In Romans 12 13, Paul is saying to every believer and every follower of Jesus share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. And Peter is saying to every believer and every person of faith, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Max Lucado has written a wonderful book called Outlive Your Life. And and in it, he he talks uh, on a couple of pages about this thing called hospitality. And, And I want to read this to you. It's a great, great example of what we're talking about this morning. Locato writes, long before the church had pulpits and baptistries, she had kitchens and dinner tables. Even a casual reading of the New Testament unveils the house as the primary tool of the church. The primary gathering place of the church was the home. Consider, he says, the genius of God's plan. The first generation of Christians was a tinderbox of contrasting cultures and backgrounds. At least 15 different nationalities heard Peter's sermon on the day of Pentecost. Jews stood next to Gentiles. Men worshipped with women. Slaves and masters alike sought after Christ. Can people of such varied backgrounds and cultures get along with each other? We wonder the same thing today. Can Hispanics live at peace with Anglos? Can Democrats find common ground with Republicans? Can a Christian family carry on a civil friendship with the Muslim couple down the street? Can divergent people get along? The early church did. Without the aid of sanctuaries, church buildings, clergy or seminaries. And they did so through the clearest of messages, the cross. And the simplest of tools, the home. He goes on to write, not everyone can serve in a foreign land, lead a relief effort or volunteer at the downtown soup kitchen. But who can't be hospitable? Do You have a front door. A table, chairs, bread and meat for sandwiches. Congratulations, he says. You just qualified to serve in the most ancient of ministries, hospitality. Something holy happens around a dinner table that will never happen in a sanctuary. In a church auditorium, you see the back of heads. Around the table, you see the expressions on faces. In the auditorium, one person speaks. Around the table, everyone has a voice. Church services are on the clock, he says. And Doug would say, except when David's preaching. (laughs) He goes on and he says around the table, there's time to talk. Hospitality opens the door to uncommon community. It's no accident that hospitality and hospital come from the same Latin word and they both lead to the same result. Healing. When you open your door to someone, you are sending the message, you matter to me and to God. You may think you are saying, come over for a visit. But what your guest hears is, I'm worth the effort. I'm worth the effort. You know, not only does the scripture call upon you and me to show hospitality to those in our church family, to our brothers and sisters in Christ who we know, the scripture also calls upon us to extend hospitality to the stranger. And you can write that word stranger in that blank if you're. Following along in the message notes, so you see the command to be hospitable literally means to love strangers. I don't know if you know that or not, but that's what that word literally means in the scripture is to love strangers. And that takes love, doesn't it, beyond the, the circle of our Christian friends. And, and it takes it out then to believers who we may not even know and others in our community who we do not know. I mean, look at Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2. The scripture says, uh, Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. But then it also says, do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Continue to remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison, and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. Do you get that in verse 2? Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. Now, 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 this can take place in the way it did in the life of the early church. Is in the early church, we know that Christians would travel from place to place. And as they traveled either on business or as they were traveling doing ministry, uh, they were traveling in a day where there weren't any hotels. And, and so as they traveled from town to town, fellow Christians would open their homes and they would provide a place for them to stay for the night and a meal for them to eat uh, before their next day's journey. And and, you know, that happens today, doesn't it? I mean, we have people in our own church that open the doors of their home to missionaries who are on home assignment and need a place to stay. We, we have people who will, as missionaries, come through the area. Maybe they're here for a few days uh, ministering at the church. There, there's families that will open their homes to them and extend hospitality to them in that way. But you know, as I, as I thought about this principle of hospitality and what the scripture is teaching us and how this applies to us in regard to the stranger, I really think that today what I want to say is that the way it really applies even more to us, uh, to those of us who are concerned about or, or who are caring for or, or want to love on, on people in our community who we don't know, is to extend hospitality to the guests or Or the strangers who come through our doors on on Sunday mornings. Remember that family I told us about at the beginning of the message? That family that reached out to new people in their church? And and this idea of extending hospitality to strangers is not something that is just specific to the early church. This isn't just an early church biblical principle. It's It's a whole Bible biblical principle. As in the Mosaic Law... God called upon his people, the Jewish people, to extend hospitality to strangers. In Exodus chapter 22, verse 21, uh, he reminds them that they too were once strangers. And they need to put themselves in the place of others. He says, you must not mistreat or oppress foreigners in any way. Remember, you yourselves were once foreigners in the land of Egypt. And then there's that classic hospitality passage in, in Genesis chapter 18, verses 1 through 8, where where Abraham and, and Sarah uh, extend hospitality to strangers who show up at the, at the doors of their tent. And, and there it says in, in Genesis 18 that the Lord appeared again to Abraham near the, the oak grove belonging to Mamre. And one day Abraham was sitting at the entrance to his tent during the hottest part of the day. He looked up and he noticed three men standing nearby. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them and welcomed them, bowing low to the ground. My Lord, he says, if it pleases you, stop here for a while. Rest in the shade of this tree while water is brought to wash your feet. And since you've honored your servant with this visit, let me prepare some food to refresh you before you continue on your journey. All right, they said, do as you have said. And so Abraham ran back to the tent and said to Sarah, hurry, get get three large measures of your best flour. Knead it into dough and bake some bread. And then Abraham ran out to the herd and chose a tender calf and gave it to his servant who quickly prepared it. And when the food was ready, Abraham took some yogurt and milk and the roasted meat and he served it to the men. And as they ate, Abraham waited upon them and waited on them in the shade of the trees. So you see, when the, when the writers of Scripture uh, in the early church exhorted people to show hospitality to the stranger, this wasn't a new principle. And there are other examples of it all through the New Testament as, as Jesus, in his words, and his teaching, commends uh, it as well. Look at Matthew chapter 25 as it comes up on the screen behind me where Jesus says, For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, he says. And you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. And then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you are doing it to me. Hospitality to the stranger. Jesus talks about it again as he's at a dinner that someone is hosting and he's in their home. And he talks about showing hospitality to the stranger when it says in Luke chapter 14 that he turned to his host And he says, when you put on a luncheon or a banquet, don't invite your friends, brothers, relatives, and rich neighbors. For they'll invite you back and that will be your only reward. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. And then at the resurrection of the righteous, God will reward you for inviting those who could not repay you. Friends, Jesus is saying that hospitality is love that reaches out in kindness to strangers especially to those in need. And you know, when we practice that and we show that to the guests who come through our doors on a Sunday morning, or when we're out there in our world reaching out to people through the local outreach ministries we have, serving them and and showing hospitality in the way that Jesus describes it, do we realize that that is a foundational role? That plays a foundational role in the evangelization of the unsaved. Because Jesus remembered, says to his followers, that by this will everyone know you are my disciples; that you'll they'll know you are my followers if you have love for one another. If you have love for one another, you know those of you that are part of our hospitality ministries here on Sunday morning and throughout the week. Uh, many of you have have been uh, in the workshop that we uh, teach uh, to our ushers, to our greeters, to our hospitality team, and. And we talk about how you are so vital to the guests, to the strangers who come through our doors on Sunday morning. But today, as we are thinking about this topic, I got to say that this isn't just about our hospitality team, because every one of us who's here is called to this ministry of hospitality. Each of us, you see, is called to be the church to those who walk through our doors. And And we are called to minister to people on Christ's behalf. We're called to be the church. Write that in in your notes. You see, when when people who come to our church for the first time walk through our doors, uh, the hosts and the greeters and the ushers and our hospitality team and all of us who are around them on that Sunday morning are to them the church. The opinions that they are forming as a result of us reaching out to talk with them or us not reaching out to talk with them. And the opinions that they're forming as a result of us helping them feel more accepted and cared about and and, and more comfortable, those are the opinions that they are forming of the church, of this church, but also the church of Jesus Christ. And so we're to be the church to them. And that means that, secondly, we're also to be a servant to them. We're to be a servant to them. When when we reach out to people in the name of Jesus and and we serve them, what we're doing is we're putting ourselves in their positions. We're saying that, hey, we, we sense how it is that you feel not knowing anyone else. And we don't want you to feel like a stranger. We don't want you to feel like a visitor who's just passing through. We want you to feel like our guest. Folks, let me ask all of us this morning a question. How do we feel when we walk into a room full of people who we do not know and we are in a place where we have never been? How do we feel? What do we need? Don't we need at that moment someone to come alongside us who helps us feel welcomed, who helps us feel like we're being cared about, who who helps us feel like we are not alone? I love the words that John Wesley said when he talks about serving others and being hospitable to others. When he says, do all the good you can by all the means you can in all the ways you can in all the places you can. to all the people you can as long as you can. And that means here in the church as well. And so as God's people, we are called to be a servant to those folks who come through our doors. We're to be Christ to them. And just as Jesus exemplified what it means to be a servant and to have a servant attitude toward others, we are as well. I want to take us back to that passage of Scripture that Pastor Doug referenced a few weeks ago in in his message uh, from Philippians chapter 2. And and, and let's look together at verses 5 through 8 of Philippians 2, where Paul says this, Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself taking on the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. You know, this is saying here uh, about Jesus that he had an attitude of sacrifice. Look at verse 7 that tells us Jesus emptied himself. And what that is saying is that Jesus gave up everything that he had in heaven in order to come to earth for others. In a selfless act of giving up his rights, he did so for the good of others. He set aside all that he was experiencing as God in heaven in order to come to earth for you and me. In order to come to earth for others, to to die on the cross so that we could be forgiven of our sin. Experience new life, experience eternal life when we put our faith and our trust in Him. And as we think of what Jesus did for us, laying aside His own personal agenda and His own desires for us, I ask us when we come to church on a Sunday morning, are we willing to have the attitude of laying aside our personal agenda and wanting to minister? To others are we willing for example to do something simple like giving up some time that we could be visiting with our friends and our family and give that up for the sake of ministering to others reaching out to the stranger who comes through our doors the bible also says in this passage about jesus that he had an attitude of servanthood verse 7 says that he took on the form of a bond servant what does that mean I don't know if you realize this, but in the Greek language that Paul is writing Philippians in, there are several words for the idea of being a servant or a slave. There's a word for someone who became a servant or a slave as a result of being in debt to someone. Uh, Back in that day, uh, if you were in debt to someone, they could have you thrown into prison or they could have you become their servant and their slave until you paid off that debt. There's a word for that in the Greek. There's also a word for those who would become slaves as a result of being captured as a prisoner of war and they became slave for life. But there's another word that Paul talks about and uses, it's in the Greek and it's used here in Philippians 2 and it's that Greek word doulos and, and it means bondservant. it means voluntarily giving up yourself in service to others. You see, in that day, there were at times people who would work for a family. And, and that family would treat them so well and take care of them so well that those folks decided that they wanted to be in their employ. They wanted to serve them for life. And so they would commit themselves and give themselves in servanthood to that family. And that's what the word is here that Paul is using. And what he's saying here is that Jesus gave himself voluntarily. Voluntarily to you and to me, in service to us. And So as we think about hospitality, are we willing to give ourselves voluntarily in service to the guests, to the strangers that come through our doors on Sunday morning and show them hospitality? And finally, the Bible in Philippians 2 says of Jesus that he had an attitude of submissiveness. Look at verse 8. says that he humbled himself and even gave up his life for the sake of others. And I ask us this morning, are we willing to humbly give up ourselves and put our guests who come through the doors of our church ahead of ourselves? Do we put their needs ahead of our own? Do we anticipate their needs? And do we then be attentive to them? Are we, in a sense, being a watchman to them? for you see being hospitable means not only that we 're the church to those folks and that we 're a servant to those folks but but it also means that that we are then a watchman to them a watchman and and what does a watchman do well, back a number of years ago, when I was in college, I served as a night watchman uh, and and worked as that uh, in the middle of the night at a, a small Christian school uh, that was in Massachusetts and throughout the summer I would uh, uh, walk around and check the building and make sure people weren't hopping the fence and jumping in the pool because of the whole liability issue of that and and uh, would just kind of always be checking on things and making sure that everything was okay. If we are showing hospitality to the guests, to the strangers who are coming through our doors on a Sunday morning, we've got to be a watchman to them. You see, the, 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 the biggest mistake we can make is by not paying attention. A person who wants to show hospitality to others is going to watch over people who are new uh, like a mother hen watches over her chickens. We're going to anticipate their need for help and for direction. And, and we're going to want to help them find where the children's ministries are, where the restrooms are. And we're going to want to care about them and, 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 and love on them and help them be comfortable. And when we do this, you know what else we are to people? When you and I do this, what we, we, we're we a John the Baptist to them. We're a John the Baptist to them. Now, now, that may sound odd to you to hear me say that. But really, when you think about it, what was John's role? John's role was preparing people to meet Jesus. And we can do the same, can't we? We're in the way to church. We can be praying for opportunities to minister to the guests who come through our doors and then not only pray about it, but we can also then do something about it as we can reach out to them and help them be more comfortable and help them feel loved on and cared about and accepted. Because you know what happens when they feel that way? They come back. And when they return, that increases the opportunity for them to meet Jesus. Especially if we can talk with them uh, in between times in, during the week and, and extend our, our hospitality ministries to them during the week. You know, as we think about that, and as I say that this morning, I want to say that's why that, that connections card is so important. And, and, and that's why it's so vital that all of us fill that card out on Sunday morning. Yeah, it's great to get the contact information and the information we get for you. We want to pray for you. But you know what else those connections cards do? They help us reach out to the new people who come through our doors. And you see new people who come through our doors, they're going to do what all of the rest of us do because they don't want to stand out. <laughs> and, and so if no one else around them fills out the connections card, they're not going to either. But if everyone's doing it, they will do it as well. And we get their contact information. Do you realize in the, in the service before this, we had someone who came up to me and said, September 3rd is my birthday. And I said, I know. We led you to faith in Christ on September 3rd, a year ago. And it all came about because they were new to the church. They filled out their connection card. We got that contact information, and we were able to reach out to them and love on them. You see, filling out our connection card on a Sunday morning is a way that we can love on strangers, care about them in the name of Jesus. And there are other ways as well, and we don't have time to talk about these this morning. I placed them in the message notes, uh, kind of piece that I chuckled about when I first read it, Manners That Matter in Church. And you can take it home and smile as well as you read about it. But but let's take this to heart and put these things into practice. Because you see, as John Maxwell once said, and I love this statement. He said, the only thing that God will ever rescue from this planet is people. And therefore, if we want a ministry of impact and permanence, we better build into the lives of others. People, he says, are our only appreciable asset. And you know, given the truth of this, and given the truth of what the Bible tells us about hospitality, don't we want to be doing everything we can to love on people and to care on people, uh, care for people, and, and to help them feel like this is a place where they belong? If we don't, they won't come back. And if they don't come back, we won't have the opportunity to see them come to faith in Jesus. As I, I thought about that these last couple of weeks in putting this message together, I remembered the statistics I read a while ago about why people stop going to stores, why they quit shopping at a store. And it was interesting to me to read the percentages back then. And, and, and you know, one of them was a pretty logical reason. One percent of people stop going to a store because they pass away. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty logical reason, right? 3% move away. Another logical reason. 5% found better prices. 9% because of convenience. 14% because of personal dislike. But this one really blew me away. 68% of people stop going to a store. Stop shopping at that store. Why? Because of indifference toward the customer by the employees. And you know, the church is no different when it comes to this. And so as we think about the stranger that comes through our door, the guests who who come here on a Sunday morning, do we realize that as John Maxwell also said, that their attendance has been motivated by a friend or a deep need. They bring their hurts, questions, and apprehensions. They look for warmth and acceptance and smiles. And when they receive these things, they will return. And when they return, they will find God. And I've got to say, that's why every one of us sitting here in these seats this morning are so important to the ministry of hospitality, to to the guests who, who walk through our doors. We are the people who are the first impression that people get of the church. And you know, we never have a second chance to make a good first impression. We are the people who can make them feel more comfortable. You know, I, gotta, I use this illustration at times in this workshop that I teach. And, and I say, hey, for many people coming to church, it's like some of us going to a bar. I mean, if you're a Christian and you've been a Christian all your life and you don't believe that you, know, that you should be drinking and, and some of those kinds of things, and, and you've never been to a bar, can you imagine how you would feel walking into a bar for the first time? It's how a lot of unchurched people feel walking into a place like this. They, they feel like strangers and aliens. And that's why it's so important that we who sit in the seats around them reach out to them and go either before the service or after the service and introduce ourselves to them. And I know I've heard it before. Someone, you know, people have said to me before, but... But you know, when I do that, what if I find out that the person's been attending church for here for 20 years, you know? (laughs) Now that could be embarrassing, they say. And I go, well, well, not really. I mean, this is a large church. Simply means that you've now met someone who is a fellow attender here. But maybe you'll find out that they are a new person. And if they are, you have an opportunity to show hospitality to a stranger so important so important and so let us learn to live the words of scripture that we've seen this morning that, that tell us to be hospitable to one another let's get more volunteers involved in our hospitality ministries and in our children's ministries Our children's ministries and our hospitality ministries are those ministries that that are are, are that first line of, of reaching out to people who are new. Both those ministries are in need of volunteers. Get involved. If you can't get involved in that way, get involved in other ways. Get involved also by looking around you on a Sunday morning and ministering to those who need our hospitality.